0: seated so we're gonna take a look at a not so easy journey this morning and I'm guessing whenever you go on a trip or a vacation or anything like that you make preparations right for your journey does anybody do that do you do it ahead of time or do you wait to the last minute like I do I'll wait till the last minute, even when I went to Israel for two weeks, I waited till the night before and stressed everybody out in the house. <laughs> because I need help for my wife to pack, because if I don't get her help, I'll usually forget at least one thing, maybe two things, like I've, got, I've forgotten socks before, I've forgotten t-shirts, I have not forgotten underwear, but I've forgotten maybe a deodorant, I've forgotten this or that. So preparations for a journey are important. And now we're going to take a look at a journey here in Luke chapter 9 as we continue to look through different events in the, the gospel of Luke about being a disciple of Jesus. And so today it's Luke chapter 9 beginning with verse 51. I got the, the verses on the screen again for you to follow along. I'm going to just talk about one verse here right now. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. So, before we move on to the rest of this this text, because we get some tough words in this text from Jesus, some hard words from Jesus to swallow, it's important that we remember this verse right here. Because this sets it all up. Luke is making a big point here. Remember, Luke is a writer. He was a real person in a real time Yes, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. But he had his own way of conveying the gospel. And in the gospel of Luke, he's all about the journey to Jerusalem. And this is a major turning point in the gospel of Luke. This verse right here. When the days drew near for him, Jesus, to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem and that's the first blank on your sheet Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem well what does this mean well this is again just another example of a connection to the Old Testament prophesying exactly this I have it up on the screen for you from Isaiah chapter 50 remember Isaiah was a prophet and in this particular part of Isaiah he's talking about the servant capital S which is, of course, the Messiah, Jesus, comparing them to God's people, the Israelites. See, the Israelites continue to let God down time and time again, but there was coming a servant who would not let him down. And this is what it says in Isaiah, but the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, And I know that I shall not be put to shame. Same thing. Jesus now is setting his face towards Jerusalem as he is in the form of man. Fast forwarding to Luke. He has set his face like flint. So what does this exactly mean? It means Jesus had one purpose, one journey, and what it says on the screen? Nothing is going to deter Jesus from his journey. Nothing. Jesus is determined to go to Jerusalem to die on the cross, fully aware of all the torture that's going to take place, all the humiliation that was going to take place in Jerusalem, all the pain he was going to have to go through. but we're told his face was like flint, like rock, like stone, with one vision, mission in mind, to get to Jerusalem to fulfill his journey. And that's what this section is all about, and you need to remember that, especially when we get to these tough words from Jesus. So let's go on. Verses 52 through 56, And Jesus sent messengers ahead of him, who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive Jesus because his face was set toward Jerusalem. Remember, Samaritans and Jews don't get along. They hate each other. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. Now, there's a lot going on here. So there's this village. Jesus sends his messengers ahead. Go prepare. Get ready for me coming. And this village wants nothing to do with Jesus. They're rejected. And don't you just love James and John's response to this? They want to rain fire from heaven down on this village and destroy them. (laughs) You got to love it. But here we see Jesus' mercy yet again, because what does Jesus promise when right before, we talked about it a number of weeks ago now, right before Jesus ascends into heaven, he tells his disciples to go out and preach the good news to all, starting in Jerusalem, to all of Judea and Samaria. Samaria. Jesus knew these people would have another opportunity to hear the good news. They weren't ready for it right now. Which, by the way, is a lesson to us. Sometimes when we share the good news or what God has done in our life with people, we want them to, you know, accept it and start coming to church immediately. Sometimes it just takes a little bit more time with some people, right? Right? And this is where Jesus is showing, again, his mercifulness. So let's go on here to the really tough words from Jesus in 57 through 62. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, Jesus said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So let's break down these verses here. Jesus is encountered by three people as he's traveling along the way, remember we get those words here, as they were going along the road, so they're walking, and these three people come up to Jesus and want to follow him. And you think this would make Jesus happy, right? That Jesus would be excited that there would be, there's more people that want to follow him. But that's not the responses we really get from Jesus. We get some tough responses that he gives here. And what we get in a nutshell is the cost of discipleship, the cost of this journey is high. And Jesus is telling us that right here. So let's break down these different people. The first person comes up and says he wants to follow. And Jesus responds, "Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head." In other words, if you want to come if you really want to come follow me, don't expect comfort and stays at the Hilton. It's not going to be easy and comfortable. It's going to be tough. I don't always have a place to stay. And something, another interesting thing here that the the writer Luke here does for the reader, which is us. You notice he doesn't give the responses of these three people. After Jesus responds to them, we don't know whether these people ended up following Jesus or went about their business. So it's almost as if Luke is posing these questions to us, the reader. How would you respond? So then person number two comes up. And this time Jesus says to this guy, follow me. Just like he did with the disciples. He said, follow me. And the person responds with, I need to go bury my father first. Now does this seem like an unreasonable request? No, it doesn't. And that's why sometimes when we see this, it's tough. It's Jesus' response seems a little harsh. Let the dead bury their own dead. As for you, you proclaim the kingdom of God. This doesn't mean Jesus is telling us we shouldn't bury our relatives or that we shouldn't care about our family. But the dead person is already dead. You go and preach life. Is his point here. And that nothing, again, remember, we go back to verse 51. Nothing's going to deter Jesus. He can't wait around for this. His face is set. And now we get to the the third person. This guy wants to follow, but he first wants to go home and say goodbye to his family. Again, it doesn't seem unreasonable, right? We could see ourselves saying that. And again, Jesus' response may seem harsh. He's basically saying, there's no time to look back. We're looking forward. My face is set towards Jerusalem. Jerusalem. So these questions that are left unanswered that Luke poses to us the reader here in 2022 to person number one are we willing are you willing to give up the comforts of this world to follow Jesus the second one are you really willing to put Jesus number one on your priority list even ahead of your families? Or does he sometimes get to be number one when there's nothing else going on? And then the third one again, are you willing to give up everything? Maybe even your life. To follow Jesus. You see here in America. We don't really face that. Threat of losing our life. Yet. But there are plenty of brothers and sisters. In Christ that do. Lose their life. For following Jesus. Are you willing to go that far. To follow Jesus. You know. When we look at these responses of Jesus. They're tough. It's like Jesus really you expect us to to put you ahead of our families, even bearing my father. You know, it's so easy to look at these three would-be disciples and see us responding the same way, right? Am I right about this? We can see that, yes, we want to follow you, Jesus, but, but Jesus, can you just wait one minute? I just am so busy with my job right now. You know, we got a number of family events coming up this summer. I'd really like to do those first, Jesus. Can you just hold on a second? You know, my kids are in sports, and if they don't show up at these games that are on the weekends, even Sunday mornings, they're not going to get to play, Jesus. Can you just hold on a second? Jesus, I just want to watch 10 more episodes of Seinfeld on Netflix. Can you just wait? They're only 22 minutes each. Jesus, I just want to sit on my phone and play Candy Crush a little bit longer. I say these examples, by the way, because I'm convicting myself. You know, it never see- I've said this before and it never ceases to amaze me. When I'm doing these sermons, I might as well just be talking to myself because I'm just as guilty. But Jesus, I really want to follow you. Can you just wait a minute, etc., etc., etc.? And we all have tons of excuses. But you know what? This is why we need to remember that first verse. Because we can all find, just with these three responses of Jesus here, how we all fall short, how we will screw this up time and time again. We continue to struggle to keep Jesus number one on our list Because of all the stuff of this world, which is why verse 51 is so important. This is why Jesus had to set his face towards Jerusalem to finish the journey that we're going to screw up time and time again. He can't be distracted with any of this worldly stuff because he's going to Jerusalem to the cross to die, and he can't let anything stop him. The cost of discipleship is indeed high. And I put the verse up there again. Verse 51 is the key verse. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, remember Jerusalem is up, it's on a mountain, he set his face like flint, hard. He's not going to take his eyes off of the cross even though he knows what it's going to take. Yes, the cost of discipleship is high. It was so high that Jesus put on that crown of thorns or had it put on him. Because if it were up to us to do this journey on our own, we would be in big trouble because we screw it up. So I have one last thing there on your sheet. Thank you, Jesus, for setting your face and not letting anything deter you towards the cross. Will you please pray with me?